This is why people get stuck in a holding pattern and staying quiet because they're waiting to feel good, not realizing that their voice and their confidence is going to be found by being willing to speak up before it feels good, willing to take that step and be emotionally resilient and take the new action, even though it feels really, really scary. Emotional resilience is being able to say, you know what, I'm gonna get back in the arena and I'm going to try again. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am Jess. I go by Jess and Jessica. People sometimes ask which one. I go by both. And I'm the host of this podcast. So I had a successful career in the nine to five space. I used to do corporate strategy. I started my career as a strategy consultant and then went on to do corporate strategy within big tech and media companies. And now I'm in a new phase of my career. I'm a full-time podcaster and career coach for women in the corporate and the nine-to-five space. And I help women build confidence. I help them find their voice. I help them expand into bigger career paths and new opportunities. And I do all of that by sharing not just advice on how to improve your communication skills and how to lead really effectively, but also advice on the inner work and guidance on the inner work that is required for you to show up at a big level and play at a bigger level in your career. Because it's truly not just about the skills and not just about the tactical communication skills. And in fact, the most powerful agent of change and the thing that's going to be most powerful for you in becoming super effective as a leader is actually the inner work. And that's what this episode is all about. I feel so excited to walk you through this for a few reasons. First, because what I'm sharing with you today, this framework is like foundational to everything that I do. So I'm so excited to have this podcast episode out as a reference point that I can reference future podcast episodes back to because this is the framework that encompasses how I coach and the work that I do. Like this is these are the bones that underlie what I do. So I'm so excited to walk you through it. And I'm also looking forward to you getting to learn this because I think this is going to help you understand more clearly why you might be feeling stuck when it comes to your voice and your confidence. And as you understand more clearly why you're stuck, I think you're also going to understand more clearly what steps are going to be most effective in getting you unstuck. Because what I find is that so often when you're struggling with your voice or you're struggling with confidence, it's really easy to either not understand the root cause of why you're struggling or to misdiagnose the root cause of why you're struggling or sometimes to 
unintentionally oversimplify the reason why you're struggling. And when those things are happening, it becomes really hard to grow and progress and make progress. And that can make you feel really helpless. And it can perpetuate this very dark and very untrue narrative that so many women have that we're broken and unfixable. And whatever struggle we're dealing with, we just can't seem to change. It can be really easy to fall into the pull of that narrative when you don't have the proper tools and language to understand the different pieces of the problem that you're struggling with. So I hope that this episode just gives you a ton of clarity and helps you see that like there isn't any like secret magical thing or ingredient that you're missing that everyone else knows, but it's truly just that the process of change and the process of building confidence and the process of becoming a woman who is a leader and who can really take up space, that process is a complex, multi-part process that takes time and focus in a few different areas. And today I'm going to be walking you through those areas. So I'm going to be walking you through the framework that I use for professional development, growth, and change. And whether your goal is to just feel more confident and powerful, whether your goal is to have a stronger, more confident voice, whether your goal is to get promoted or expand into a bigger career path or maybe a bigger leadership role, this is the framework that I use to guide the women in this community and my one-on-one clients and the women in my group program. This is the framework that I use to guide them towards that result. And the way that I think about this framework and the way that I want you to think about this framework is that it has three parts. And I really think of these three parts as three layers from the outer layer to the innermost layer. So there's surface level tools and skills, and I'm going to be talking about those. And then there's deeper tools and skills, and we need all of them. And I'm going to walk you through the three layers, these three pillars from the surface, and then we're going to go beneath the surface because that is the way that I experienced my own change and my own evolution. Like I started with the surface level stuff and then I learned like one level down about mindset work. And then I learned like another level down and and understood like the deeper emotional work. And so I'm going to be walking you through it in that order because that's how I learned and internalized this information. And that's what makes the most sense to me. And I think that's what will make the most sense to you. So I want you to think about this as your roadmap for change, your blueprint for change. And I want you to think of these three layers as all kind of working together and working in harmony to help you become that next expanded version of you. I find that if you get too focused on just one of these three layers, you miss the bigger picture and you miss what's possible in terms of your own growth. And I believe you'll get the best results and become the most powerful version of you when you're able to engage in your own change and growth process across all three layers. So let's get started. We're going to start with the outermost layer. And the first layer and the first pillar of the process of becoming confident, becoming powerful, finding your voice, the first pillar are the skills. 
Now, this is the most straightforward, simple part of the framework. Skills are the practical actions that you learn how to take that help you become the person you want to be and help you perform at a higher level. So an example of a skill would be something like learning the skill of how to give executive summaries of the information that you're going to share before you share it. It could be learning the skill of how to speak in a way that's super concise. It could be learning the skill of how to deliver information or a presentation in a way that's very engaging and interactive with your audience. And these skills that I'm talking about, these are just communication skills. There are whole other clusters of skills, right? So there's leadership skills. Leadership skills are all about executing and getting things done when there are lots of different stakeholders and different interests involved in a project. Leadership skills are also about inspiring people around you and knowing how to use your own presence and your own guidance as a leader to get a higher productivity and a really strong culture in your team. Those are leadership skills. And then there's technical skills. Technical skills are all the skills that are really specific to your role. So maybe you're a project manager, maybe you're a doctor, maybe you're an engineer, but there's an entire set of skills that are very specific to the work that you do. And then in general, in most workplaces, in addition to your technical skills, you also want to have really strong communication skills and really strong leadership skills if you want to advance and expand into bigger roles over time. So that's the definition of skills. And the biggest mistake that I see people making is thinking that the answer, like the complete answer to their struggle with confidence and their struggle to believe in themselves and their struggle to find their voice is to go out and acquire more skills. And I think it makes sense that people would think that, right? You don't feel confident in your job. You're not feeling great about, you know, your abilities and your voice. So you think, well, if I learn how to do more things, then I'll feel better. The problem with that is so often when you're lacking in confidence and you have imposter syndrome, The root cause of that is not a lack of skills. Now, I'm not poo-pooing skills. I love skills. I am obsessed with leadership skills. I am obsessed with communication skills. They will help elevate your performance at work to the next level, no doubt about it. But they are not going to give you that feeling inside of knowing how to trust yourself and having that inner feeling of competence and knowing how to push yourself out of your comfort zone. So I think what happens is so many people, and you might see yourself in this, find themselves struggling, and then they go out and they acquire more skills. They'll like listen to a lot of podcasts, read books, do this, do that and feel like they're not really making progress and not improving. And then they come to the conclusion that something must be wrong with them because the skills that they're learning aren't helping them. And in fact, this is what happened to me when I was really struggling in my career. I lacked confidence. I was having troubles finding my voice. I for sure was not performing at my full potential. And I would go to workshops and I would go to trainings and I would go to all these things and I would feel crappy because they were never talking about the real issues that I was experiencing. When you're struggling in a significant way, 
there are deeper emotional issues at play. Like it's not like a communication skill that you learn is going to fix that deeper inner struggle that you're experiencing. And so I think it's so important for you and for anyone out there who wants to expand in their career and wants to grow their confidence it's so important to understand the proper function of skills. Skills help us perform better. They help us communicate better, but they don't help us always feel better about ourselves inside. They might help us a little bit and give us a little bit of a bump, but they're not enough on their own to help us grapple with the complexities of imposter syndrome and feeling afraid and feeling unworthy and feeling fearful, right? We're just like not on the same altitude. Doubting yourself and feeling small and struggling to feel worthy, that is a whole different problem than not knowing how to speak in a way that's concise, right? You could have the most perfect, flawless set of communication skills, but if you haven't learned how to grapple with your inner world and understand why you're feeling the way you're feeling and how to navigate the moments in your career and in your professional life when things are feeling really, really hard, then those skills are probably not going to get you to the transformation that you desire. And so I think it's so important to acknowledge how key skills are and how powerful communication skills are and how powerful leadership skills are. Like I am obsessed with this stuff and it's a huge component of the work that I do. But I think it's so important to call out that it's not the only component and also to call out that it is the most surface level of all the work. So in other words, it's going to teach you something very, very practical but it's not going to help you change your thought patterns and the way you think. And it's not going to help you learn to navigate and swim in the waters of some of the emotions that you feel inside about yourself. That brings me to the next pillar or the next layer down, which is one of my favorites. And let me just tell you, when I discovered this, this changed so much for me. Like when I went from thinking that like skills are the answer and like we live in this world where you just like need to learn the skills that you're missing and everything will be great. When I went from that belief system to understanding like, oh, like mindset is a thing. I have a brain. I have thoughts. It's impacting the way that I feel and the way that I take in the world. Like when I realized that, my own evolution took such a massive leap. And my hope is that this show and what I share with you is going to help do the same thing for you. So the next layer down is mindset. And for me, there are three components to mindset. The first component to mindset is recognizing the way that you are talking to yourself. This is really huge. And if you only do this, it will get you so far in your professional journey. So most of us go about our day and we're not always aware of the soundtrack that's playing in our mind. And specifically, we're not aware of the soundtrack of self-judgment and self-criticism and the inner critic because it is so potent and it is so there so much of the time 
that we've just gotten used to living a life where we listen to all the mean negative things that our inner critic is saying. And a key piece of mindset is recognizing that our brains are thought generating machines. Like if you think about the expression like drinking from the fire hose, which, ew, I hate that expression and grosses me out so much when people are like, oh, you're new. You must be drinking from the fire hose. I don't know. I really don't like that image, but we're going to use it in this episode. If you think of like the image of like the fire hose, like spewing out water, this is what our brains are doing in our own consciousness, in our own mental sense of awareness in our minds all day long. Except instead of water, our brain is spewing thoughts and narratives and sentences, right? All day long. And what sucks about being human is that what our brain is spewing is usually like not the best stuff. Like a typical human brain isn't like going to be following you around and like going about your day being like, you're doing really great. I'm so proud of you for doing that thing. You did really well in that meeting. You showed up today. You did a good job, right? For most of us, certainly for myself and certainly for the women that are attracted to my work, our brains don't say very nice things to us. They say things like we're not doing enough. They say things like we're embarrassing ourselves. We're going to sound stupid. I can't believe this is still hard for you. I can't believe you're still struggling with this. I can't believe that you said that. Why are you fumbling your words again? Here you go again, messing it up. You can never get this right. Can't you just get this right? And we move about our days with all of this in the background and As a result of all of this in the background, number one, we feel like crap. Number two, we make different decisions. When we have a really self-deprecating negative soundtrack playing in our heads and we're either not aware of it or we take it as the absolute truth, which, spoiler, it's not, it impacts the decisions that we make. Think about it. If you're sitting in a meeting and you're trying to exit your comfort zone and you're like, I want to be bold and say the thing that I've been wanting to say, and your brain is like, you stupid piece of shit, it's going to be a lot harder for you to say that thing than if your brain is like, go for it, girl, you can do it, right? So I'm sure you can see now how when this thought stream of ours goes unchecked, it can wreak havoc in how we feel. And it can wreak havoc in terms of the actions that we take. And so much of mindset work is just a commitment to becoming aware of this stream of thoughts and being willing to put a more grounded, truthful lens on the thoughts and on the self-criticism to try to arrive at a more balanced, objective view of the world. And this is hard and this takes work because it is our brain's full-time job to just spew these thoughts at us all day long. It's so exhausting, right? Ah, so exhausting. This isn't necessarily easy. But what begins to happen as you become more aware of your own thinking and as you do more mindset work is you begin to notice that your brain says the same things over and over and that it also has these very predictable patterns like, oh, whenever I enter into the Zoom room for this meeting, my brain says these three things to me pretty much every time like clockwork. 
And once you start observing it and seeing the patterns and seeing how it's impacting your behavior, it creates a lot of motivation for change because you can watch yourself and you can see this clear pattern of where your mindset is getting the best of you. And then your job there is to think about, okay, given that my brain says this to me and that I'm so mean to myself on default, given that that's happening and that that's really keeping me stuck in meetings, what do I want to try in the next meeting knowing that my brain's going to like yell at me when it comes time for me to be brave and speak up? And as you try different things, try on different perspectives, challenge the inner critic, offer yourself compassion instead of criticism, you begin to create space for new choices. You create space for yourself to show up in new ways. And that is so central to the confidence building process. And so that's just the first part of mindset, right? The first part of mindset is just paying attention to the stream of thoughts inside your head and recognizing that they're highly subjective and recognizing that you have options for how you deal with the inner dialogue that you're experiencing in your mind and that over time, you can catch some of those negative patterns and make sure that they don't derail you. So that's the first part of mindset. The second part, this is the part that blows my mind as a coach, and as a human. This blows my mind. It's blowing my mind right now just thinking about it because it's so ridiculous. We don't experience our lives accurately. Like you could give a presentation and you could really believe with all of your might that you bombed the presentation and you could go back and watch yourself if like if you had it videoed and this happened to me one time i gave a presentation i was like whoa i really bombed that and then i watched the video of it and i was like that was totally fine this is so important though because our perception of the world and quote unquote like our perception of what quote unquote happened is not accurate our brain is going to filter the world around us based on what we already believe to be true. So for example, if you believe that you are very awkward when you speak up and you speak in a meeting, and let's say there are 10 people in the meeting and nine of them are listening to you very intently and are very interested in what you have to say, and one of them is like chuckling and kind of looks like they're making fun of you, if you have a story that you're awkward, your brain is going to hone in on that one person, get very fixated on that one person, and probably come to the conclusion that you sounded really awkward, even though there were nine people in the meeting that were listening intently to what you said and didn't think you were being awkward at all. And when you experience this, it will feel very true to you. It will feel true in your bones that you were super awkward in the meeting. I have this moment with my one-on-one -on -one clients over and over and over. This moment happens with me when I'm working with my coach, my coaches one-on-one -on -one, over and over and over. Someone will come and say something to me as if it's a fact and we will discover through the conversation that the thing that they said happened isn't what happened. I know this sounds crazy. 
And I know you're probably like, this sounds weird. That's That was my reaction. I was like, what? No, everything I perceive is accurate. What, what are you saying? But when you start to look for this, you will find evidence. And so I think what's really important for you to ask yourself here is what really strong beliefs do I have inside? And as a result, when I'm in my career or sitting in a meeting or in a certain situation, what evidence is my brain taking in and what evidence is my brain ignoring? Because the world around us is too complex for our brain to take everything in. So our brain literally has to filter. It literally cannot allow us to look at all 10 people in the meeting at once. So it's going to go straight to the person that's being an asshole, right? It is our jobs to understand where that's happening. And in my view, this is enormous. It's an enormous act of self-compassion for us to say, oh my God, I'm feeling so bad about this meeting. Why am I feeling bad? It's because I'm thinking that it was really awkward. Well, let's see. Why do I think it was awkward? I think it was awkward because Bob was laughing at me. Okay, that makes sense. I think that's hurtful that Bob was laughing at me. What else was true in the meeting, right? Was Bob the only person in the meeting? Oh, no, there was Sally, Amy, Catherine, Charlie. Oh, none of them were laughing at me. Oh, my brain. It's my brain. It's telling me that everyone was laughing at me, but really just one person was laughing at me. And look, this doesn't mean that we don't have hard situations. This doesn't mean that we don't, quote unquote, bomb meetings. It just means that the way we experience and take in the world around us is highly subjective and is often going to skew negative. And so a big piece of mindset work is constantly making that compassionate correction for ourselves to remind ourselves that what we're experiencing isn't necessarily the truth. And the majority of the time, what we experience is going to skew more negative. Oh, this one is so important. And I could... I could talk about this for a long time, but I want to wrap up the mindset piece so I can get to the third layer. But I, I told you there are a few components to mindset, right? So the first component is becoming aware of the inner narratives you have in your mind, especially the inner critic. The second component, which I just walked you through right now, is becoming aware of how you're perceiving and taking in the world around you in a biased and often very negative way. And the third component of mindset is taking both of those two things and seeing where your inner narratives and the way you take in the world are impacting your decisions and causing you to hide and stay small and not show up as the biggest version of you. And when you see all those links and when you learn how to not let your brain get the best of you, that is when you feel what it feels like inside to master mindset. So like you, it'll be like a moment in a meeting and you'll notice yourself be like, everyone thinks I'm awkward. And then you'll be like, wait, 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 there are 10 people in this meeting and only one person is laughing at me. And that'll be like a little moment of victory for you. Or you'll be about to start your presentation and you'll have a thought that like, ugh, this is so bad and no one wants to hear this. And then you'll be like, oh, wait, that was my inner critic. It's it's just this thought that's making me feel really bad. And I don't have to adopt that as my perspective. I want to come back to how proud I am of this presentation. And so, so much of mindset work is redirection, but even just the awareness on its own of like your brain doing its weird shenanigans. Like for me, just being aware of the shenanigans is often enough. And this doesn't mean that like life suddenly becomes rosy and amazing, but it does mean that we stop making limiting decisions in our lives based on distorted 
thoughts and ideas about ourselves and the world. I see this very, very often with women who listen to this show is their brain is telling them and they really have a belief that like they can't get the role they really want. They can't make the money that they really want. Like that feels really true to them. And that's literally just a mindset issue. That's literally just their brain filtering and looking for evidence that they're like stuck at a certain pay band or like stuck at a certain place in their career and ignoring any evidence that points to the contrary. And I know for a fact that that's not true, right? Like I've walked people through this process of like, thinking that they're limited in this certain way and then getting the role or getting the raise or getting the thing that they thought they couldn't want. So you can really think something is true. Something can really feel true to you and just be totally, totally untrue. And the last thing I'll say on this, which is so important with mindset, is I think the place where mindset work is most important and where it can be most insidious is when you're holding this belief that you can't change. So the example that I gave just a few minutes ago I gave an example of a belief that you can't make more money or you can't have the role that you really want. But the most insidious belief is that you can't change. You can't build confidence. You can't get better at the thing that's hard for you. You can't ever feel strong and solid in meetings. That belief is so insidious because it's going to prove itself true by keeping you from taking risks, keeping you from noticing your wins, keeping you from staying committed to your growth long enough to actually see the change that you want to see. So if you're going to work on one mindset thing and you want one simple takeaway, work on finding evidence to grow your belief that you can change and that you can stretch into new things that you haven't done before and that you can find a confidence that you haven't felt before and that you can achieve things that you haven't achieved before. That is the single most powerful belief that I believe you can work on. So the second layer is mindset. And the third layer, this is my favorite layer. This is the layer that people are never expecting and surprises people. But this is the layer of emotional resilience. This layer is more important than (laughs) any of the other layers. Like if I were to tell you to focus on one of these three skills, mindset, or emotional resilience, I would hands down have you focus on emotional resilience. Emotional resilience is so powerful. And even if you're skills are not great and you're not super aware of mindset, if you're super gritty and resilient emotionally, it's going to expand what you can accomplish. And I'm going to walk you through how I define emotional resilience and help you see why becoming more emotionally resilient is going to have such an incredible impact on your career. As you can tell, I feel really strongly about this. And I feel like this is really an area that is very untapped when it comes to women's leadership. And this is an area that I think is too often ignored in corporate environments and professional development dialogue. And this is at the center of everything, truly. And it's the deepest layer for a reason, because we feel it the most deeply And because it's the most impactful piece to your confidence building and, you know, your overall professional journey. So let me walk you through my definition of emotional resilience. 
And then I will share a little more to help you integrate this information and understand this. So I define emotional resilience as being comprised of three different things. Before I get into this, just one thing that I want to share is that this is the unglamorous part. Like, I think that what really gets people stuck is they have a fantasy in their heads that building confidence is this thing that feels really good and wonderful. And of course, there are moments in the confidence building process that feel good and wonderful, especially when you attain the things you've been dreaming of. But emotional resilience isn't like a Disneyland ride. It's more like a really scary roller coaster, right? Like a roller coaster that genuinely scares you. Not like you love roller coasters, like you're scared of roller coasters and you can either go on a Disneyland ride or on a roller coaster. Choosing to build emotional resilience is like choosing the very scary roller coaster. So it's hard. And this is the piece that a lot of people will tend to want to avoid or not come too close to because it's scary. Like this is the piece where you actually confront your fears and you actually do scary things, not knowing how it's going to turn out and knowing that you might experience some difficult feelings. So let me walk you through my definition of emotional resilience. And I'm so curious to hear how this lands for you. So definitely let me know. But my definition includes three things. It includes one, the willingness to feel a broad range of emotions. So this is your willingness to feel challenging emotions, right? For me, some of the challenging emotions that I had to be willing to feel in my career in order to become a really effective leader is I had to be willing to feel vulnerable and exposed. I had to be willing to feel judged. I had to be willing to feel embarrassed. Those are all things that I had to learn to do to have a really strong voice and strong perspective in my career. And emotional resilience means being willing to take an action even when that action is going to make you feel some challenging feelings, right? And I'm sure you can now kind of start to connect the dots in your mind of how emotional resilience supports you in speaking up. Because when you're emotionally resilient and you're like, you know what? I'm willing to feel freaking afraid. I'm willing to feel embarrassed. I'm willing to feel that feeling I get when I speak and the room is silent after. When you go there, nothing stands in the way of you taking the action you want. Whereas often when we let our brains run the show on default, our brains are never going to tell us to speak up. They're never going to support us in taking a risk and making ourselves vulnerable. This is why people get stuck in a holding pattern and staying quiet because they're waiting to feel good, not realizing that their voice and their confidence is going to be found by being willing to speak up before it feels good, willing to take that step and be emotionally resilient and take the new action, even though it feels really, really scary. Emotional resilience is that willingness to take that step, knowing that 
it's not going to feel good every single instance. Like you, yes, you will feel accomplished after, you will feel proud of yourself, but it's also going to feel really, really scary. And your ability to accept that nuance that doing the things that you want, becoming the person you want, going for the career you want is going to feel scary and hard. And it's also going to feel fulfilling and enriching and good. Your ability to accept that nuance and fully embrace that is going to blow the limits off of what you can accomplish in your career. And of course, when we do hard things and we act in ways that demonstrate emotional resilience and we take an action Even though we might feel some hard emotions because of that, we don't have to do it alone, right? We can be in community. We can be in support. We can find mentors. We can find guides. We can find friends. We can find coaches. We don't have to go through these things and suffer through these things alone. But I do believe that if you want to experience real growth and find your voice in a very robust, empowering way, you need to become emotionally resilient. And the first piece of that includes being willing to feel a broad range of emotions, which means being willing to take an action that's probably going to have you feeling a mixture of different emotions. Now, the second piece of emotional resilience is very closely related to the first, and it's the ability to bounce back, right? So it's the ability to pick yourself up and try again after you did something that maybe didn't go the way you want or maybe caused you to feel a negative feeling. The second component to resilience is saying, okay, that felt really awkward speaking in that meeting, And what your brain's going to want to do is your brain's going to want to be like, bitch, we are never doing that ever again, ever, right? So emotional resilience would be you saying to your brain, yes, bitch, we are doing that again. But you get what I'm saying here, right? Like when you have the assertiveness hangover, the vulnerability hangover, you get crickets, you feel embarrassed, you got rejected from the job interview or whatever, and you're feeling these feelings, Emotional resilience is then being able, once you've processed the feelings, which I'll talk about in a minute, is being able to say, you know what, I'm going to get back in the arena and I'm going to try again. I think this is one of the most valuable capabilities that we can build as humans and it makes you feel so powerful. Like this one is for sure where a lot of my own confidence comes from is like knowing, like no matter what happens, I'm just not going to stop trying. I'm not going to give up. I might take a break. I might slow down. I might periodically stop and reevaluate and make sure, like, am I still going in the direction that aligns with my goals and all that stuff? But I am not stopping. Like, that is just not an option for me. And that gives me so much confidence because I know no matter what, I just keep playing and it just, it simplifies things in this way that makes me feel very empowered. And so it might have the potential to do that for you too. Okay, (laughs) the last piece in the emotional resilience puzzle, and this is the most important, I think, and I think it's something that as women and as humans that we haven't really been taught to do, and so it's, it's really nice then when you open yourself up to this and really get to bring this into your life. Um, But the the third piece of emotional resilience is being able to metaphorically hold ourselves be with ourselves and kind of offer ourselves love and compassion and comfort 
when we're in the midst of a very difficult emotion. And so I told you about like, okay, resilience means being willing to do things that might make you feel bad. And then a a huge piece of resilience is then when you feel bad, the ability to be compassionate to yourself, to care for yourself, to really watch that inner critic voice and say, no, like, it's okay that I feel bad. I'm just human. I haven't done anything wrong. I'm, I'm not shitty. Like, I just did a scary thing and I'm having a really big emotion in response to it because I feel really vulnerable or, you know, I feel like I put myself out there. And this ability to hold yourself with compassion is like, it will change everything in your career and your life. And like, listen, this is a really hard thing to do as a human, right? Like this, this is my work for sure to learn to get better and better at this. But what I found is as I've deepened my ability to support myself, be gentle with myself, have my own back through a difficult emotion, the more stable and grounded I feel overall. And also, the more those emotions don't have this like crazy, powerful, negative charge over me. Like when I know that even if I'm feeling a really bad feeling, like let's say like shame is a horrible, it's such a hard feeling for me to manage through. Or embarrassment, which is closely tied to shame. I think those are extremely difficult. Or unworthiness, that's a really good one too. But I know if I'm feeling some of those really icky, sticky, horrible feelings, if I know that one thing that I can do for myself in the midst of that experience is make sure not to be mean to myself, take care of myself, allow myself to rest, give myself space, be kind to myself, reach out to my support system, whatever it is. Like if I know that like that's what I do in those situations, it makes it feel so much more manageable. And it goes from being this big, horrifying, scary thing that I need to avoid to like, yeah, this thing that's really hard but this thing that I totally feel strong enough to handle. And I believe that that feeling of like, I am strong enough to handle whatever comes of this, I believe that is at the seat, the center of our confidence, is that knowledge that no matter how it turns out, no matter how we feel, no matter what we are experiencing, that we are going to be able to come out the other side and we're probably going to come out wiser and stronger, I believe that is where 90% of our confidence comes from. And that's why in this three-part model that I'm walking you through of like skills on the outside, mindset in the middle, emotional resilience at the core, that's why emotional resilience is the most powerful. Because your strongest voice, your most confident self, the badass version of you, She doesn't come from trying to get it right and avoiding hard things. She comes from knowing that you're game for whatever, that you can handle whatever, that you don't need to control the world and control your emotions and control how everything goes. You can just fully play the game and play all out, play full out, knowing that you're able to handle whatever comes as a result of that. And it's when you do that, that you build a confidence that feels like it's coming from deep inside your bones, like deep inside your belly. 
It follows you everywhere and it enables you not to crumble and not to lose yourself when things get really hard or you're having a really difficult moment. And so those are the three layers. There's skills on the outside. Skills are just the actions that you learn how to take. You've got your technical skills. You've got your communication skills. You've got your leadership skills. The next level down is mindset. Mindset is building an awareness of your inner dialogue and how that's impacting your actions and also an awareness of how your brain is filtering the world and what kind of distorted narratives that might be creating in your life and the commitment to ground those narratives in what is actually true. And lastly, emotional resilience, which is your willingness to feel hard emotions, your willingness to offer yourself compassion through hard emotions, and your ability to bounce back and get back up and keep trying even when something feels hard and difficult. This framework, like it fills me with joy because there are so many, you know, people out there just teaching skills. And then there's like mindset coaches, right? And then there's people that do like the deeper emotional stuff. And for me, it's really special to bring these things all together because the truth is when you think about your professional growth and, you know, building confidence at work and finding your voice, you need all three of these. Like you need the skills and you want to be that high performer, but you also need the inner stuff. You also need those inner layers of mindset and emotional resilience. And I absolutely love bringing those into my work. I am so excited to have this episode out because I've been wanting to record this one for a while. Today was the day and it's super foundational. And so I'm glad that it's here. If you are thinking that this is the type of work you want to do, and if all of these steps are resonating with you and you're like, dang, I would love to take these deeper and I would love to do this work on myself. This is the essence. This is behind all of the work that I do, right? This is what drives my content on the podcast. This is what drives how I work with my clients one-on-one. This is what drives the curriculum of the Art of Speaking Up Academy. So I would definitely recommend popping into the show notes to check out the links where you can learn how to work with me more or just head over to my website, jessgazitcoaching.com where you can learn about working with me one-on-one or joining a future cohort of my group program, or bringing me into your workplace for training and professional development stuff through your company, wherever it is you work. All right. I'm feeling a little tired. I'm not going to lie. I'm looking at like the timer of my recording. We are getting close to the 50 minute mark. So yay, record for longest solo episode probably, but I knew this was going to be a long one. I just hope you found it helpful. And if you've made it to this point, you are the best. Please like send me a note, say hi to me. I will drop my contact information below. Have such a beautiful day and I will catch you in the next episode. Bye.